Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Your boy Johnny Clutch talking about the latest sports news and giving hot takes on sports that I love. I haven't posted an episode on here in a while. I'm well aware of that, but I'm going to try to be more consistent with my uh, content. I'm going to try to release new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So stay tuned for that. Well, anyways, there's been a lot of you know big trade news, a lot of free agency news lately in the NFL. Uh, the biggest one happened a couple days ago. Antonio Brown traded to the Oakland Raiders for a third and fifth round pick. Uh, the Steelers obviously had to depart ways of Antonio Brown. There was absolutely no way with everything that happened since the last week of the regular season that they could have let him back in that locker room. And that honestly led them to getting less than what they wanted in a trade. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, that's not really a good capital for him, a third and a fifth round pick. But honestly, the Steelers had no choice, and teams were well aware of that. I know the Steelers had until March 13th to make a trade, or they would have had to spend additional money on Antonio Brown's contract. I think it was roughly about two more million they would have had to pay. And Antonio Brown, I think he's been doing it on purpose. He's been trying to take down his trade values so the Steelers wouldn't be able to get as much as they would want for him. And he took even more off his trade value when there were reports coming out that he was traded to the Buffalo Bills. And he reject, and he said right out he wasn't going to report to the Bills if he was traded there. So that really limited the number of trade destinations he was going to go to. So really, it was the Raiders and maybe a couple other teams that were willing to take Antonio Brown, that Antonio Brown would actually go to. So the Steelers get to move on. They really needed to. Antonio Brown gets to move on. He really needed to after all of this. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster will be unquestionably a number one option in the passing offense. And, you know, there's a couple free agent receivers out there. I hear Golden Tate might be going to the Steelers. He could be a nice replacement for Antonio Brown. He's obviously not the level of player Brown is but maybe someone that will cause left, less rifts with quarterback Ben Roethlisberger, and he can maybe fill in some of that production. Maybe they can find something like that. Maybe they can get something in the draft that can at least try to replace Antonio Brown because they're going to need someone else to take some attention away off of Juju Smith-Schuster. And with that being said, on the Raiders' side, I mean, you get a number one receiver. You get you know one of the top three receivers in the league, in my opinion. Some may argue that he is the best receiver in the league. There's definitely an argument for that. There's no doubt the Raiders will be better offensively at this move, but let's put things into perspective here. The Raiders were 4-12 and last season. For people saying that this makes the Raiders a contender, they're delusional in my opinion. The Raiders still have a lot of question marks on their roster. And you can't argue, receiver really isn't that valuable of a position. The last time a first-team All-Pro wide receiver won a Super Bowl was in 2006, and that's been the and that was Marvin Harrison. That's and since the turn of the century, he's been the only first-team All-Pro receiver to win a Super Bowl. Before that, it was Isaac Bruce in 1999. Another move the Raiders did make was getting offensive tackle Trent Brown from the New England Patriots. I think they overpaid for a guy that was probably just good in the Patriots system. I mean. Brady makes his offensive line look a lot better because he gets the ball out so quick. But I think Trent, Down- Trent Brown's still a good offensive lineman. I just don't think he was worth that money. But the Raiders are spending all this money, and they're still not ha- working on their number one weakness in their team, which is their terrible back end on defense, their terrible pass rush, all of that. I believe it is very likely they will address all of that during the draft. But if you're telling me a few rookies is going to change one of the worst defenses in the league— I just don't see it happening. Now, I'm well aware the Raiders do have three first-round picks in this draft, which will really help out their cause and their defense. I would really hope 
that for Raider fans that they're that's what they're trying to do here is that they're gonna in the draft they're gonna go after defense because I really don't see any reason why they would still go after the offensive side of the ball here. Uh, maybe later in the draft they maybe pick up a running back or maybe I think they probably address running back in free agency as well. But I mean at the very least as of right now I think the Raiders are gonna score a lot more points next season. I, but this I don't think this even puts them even really much farther in the playoff contention. They will be better with Antonio Brown and Trent Brown. Uh, if you were to say right now, given their roster, what I think it is, I would have to say it's about a seven to eight win team at best. I think they're ve- still very average, but still a lot of off season left. Uh, the Raiders whole plan probably has not been set in the motion yet. So we'll see how that goes. It'd be very interesting, interesting to see with all these moves, how the Raiders start to address their defensive problems. Now we're off the subject, Antonio Brown. Let's talk about another receiver that could be on new, their star receiver, in fact, and that will be Odell Beckham. There's been a lot of rumors in the past couple of days that the Giants might be willing to trade Odell Beckham. And here's my take on this. Now let me preface my comments by saying this. Odell Beckham is one of the best receivers in the league. But when you're paying definitely a receiver now, as I mentioned when I was talking about Antonio Brown, the last time a first-team All-Pro wide receiver won a Super Bowl was in 2006. So it has been proven that receivers really – don't hold that much value for a team anymore. So if you can get that contract off the books and just say some team would be crazy enough to give you two first round picks, I'm going to call it crazy. Maybe there is a team out there that is close and they're like, okay, well, maybe we a receiver away. It would have to be a contending team that feels like they're on the verge. And when you pay a guy like Odell Beckham that money, look at what just happened. Landon Collins just walked away from him for nothing. He went to a division rival in the Washington Redskins. Now, with all that being said, I wouldn't go into these talks on the Giants and think, okay, we're definitely going to trade Odell Beckham. I'd only just test out the market and see what I can get from him. If you can get a lot more than what you think you can get, I'd say you do it. Because let's just face the facts. There's, there's a t- This is a team with a lot of holes in it, and Odell Beckham really isn't going to be changing much for this team. They've only made the playoffs once ever since they drafted Odell Beckham. And when you look at the last couple of seasons, he didn't play the whole year. He only played four games the year before this one, he only played 12. He couldn't finish it out this season either. But on the flip side, it just say the Giants have been rumored heavily to be drafting Dwayne Haskins with their sixth overall pick. If you do draft a guy like that, having Odell back on the roster will definitely help out a young quarterback. So you got to look at it from that angle as well. Let's switch gears to some basketball. Now, obviously the Lakers struggles. A lot of people have gotten blame. LeBron James has gotten blame for being a bad leader this season. Uh, Luke Walton's gotten blamed for his terrible rotations and his terrible management of the players. I can see all of that, but I think one guy that really hasn't gotten a lot of blame is Magic Johnson. And to, to me, I think he deserves the most blame out of everyone here. He's the one that built this team around LeBron. Honestly, after they signed LeBron, I can't name really one thing that Magic Johnson did right. And you have a report coming out that the Lakers coaching staff was trying to get Magic Johnson to re-sign Julius Randle and Brooke Lopez before he went out and signed guys like Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and JaVale McGee. And looking at how things have turned out this season, he would have been better off listening to his coaching staff. I think Julius Randle would have been a good fit with LeBron. He's had a great season. He's been pretty consistent, double-double all year. He's averaging 20 points, 7 rebounds. Brooke Lopez has been great from Milwaukee. I think he's been one of the most underrated offseason pickups. He's been he's been giving the Bucks a lot of great floor spacing. And Giannis and LeBron have a lot of have different play styles. I'm well aware of that, but they're both best when attacking the basket. And Brooke Lopez's floor spacing really, would have really helped out LeBron. 
Magic's idea going offseason was that he wanted to get guys that could control the ball and maybe give LeBron more of a break up the court. But I don't know. I just don't. LeBron is best when he's basically playing that point forward position. We've seen it in Cleveland. We've seen it in Miami. LeBron is best when he has the ball in his hands. Yeah, he can slash the rim, you know, backdoor cuts and stuff like that and go out in the break. I don't know. He's not really ever been a great spot shooter, even though I'm well aware that he's gotten better at that as his career has gone on. When you're building a team around LeBron, you need veterans, guys that can shoot, guys that will play defense. That's mostly what he had in Miami, and that's mostly what he had in Cleveland as well. Now, I know people will say, well, Dwayne Wade and Kyrie Irving were best with the ball in their hands as well, and that's true, but they were guys that really wanted to win, and they, they were really bought into playing with LeBron and they, they were willing to change their game. And you really can't say the same about this Lakers team. These are a lot of guys that are really on one- or two-year contracts, and they all were on the trading block for Anthony Davis, as we've seen near the trade deadline. So they're not really concerned with wanting to fit in with LeBron. They were all temporary pieces, and they all know that. But with that being said, getting back to Magic, I just feel not as much blame is being placed on him as there should be. It looks like Luke Walton's going to be ultimately the scapegoat after this season. He's probably going to get fired. But really, I think a lot of this is Magic's fault, Magic's fault as well. If I was to do a quote-unquote blame pie for this whole disaster of a season for the Lakers, this is how I would put it. I'd say LeBron and Walton both get 25% blame each. I would give Magic 35%. And for all the supplementary pieces, like guys like Ingram, Kuzma, and all those guys, I think they deserve the rest of the blame. That's about 15%. Getting rid of Luke Walton won't solve all this team's problems, and trading for Anthony Davis really won't either. The Lakers have a lot of work to do this offseason, and Magic's track record as a GM, especially this past season, has shown that he's not really good at his job right now. So there's definitely a reason to be worried if you're a Lakers fan. I'd like to thank everyone that listened to this podcast. Please hit that subscribe button on iTunes or Google Play if you haven't already. Leave some likes, comments, and shares in any social media platforms that you see this on. Until next time, it's your boy Johnny Clutch. Peace out.